Georgia's DBHDD is urging people to ask a pharmacist about getting naloxone for their first aid kits at home or work. No prescription is needed. Naloxone can rapidly reverse an opioid overdose and restore breathing. Opioidresponse.info. From Georgia Public Broadcasting, this is On Second Thought. I'm Virginia Prescott. Healthcare costs make up almost a fifth of spending in the U.S. and are the number one cause of personal bankruptcies. We all know that doctor's visits and medical procedures are expensive, and as it turns out, especially expensive in some parts of Georgia. Reporting by Georgia Health News finds that higher healthcare costs are in metro Atlanta than most other cities, and also found that complaints against insurance companies for denied coverage and other grievances have been deemed valid by the state. Andy Miller is CEO and editor of Georgia Health News with us to talk about what these findings mean for Georgians' health care costs and coverage. Hello, Andy. Good to be here, Virginia. Well, let's start with the costs. You reported on the Healthy Marketplace Metro Index, ranking cities, comparing medical costs. So how does Metro Atlanta stack up? It's in the top third in terms of high health care costs, uh, 32nd among 112 metro areas that were uh, ranked uh, a lot higher than, let's say, Savannah was and Augusta was. Well, this report zeroed in on C-sections and blood tests. These were for a point of comparison, comparing prices to common procedures, but costs do vary greatly from city to city and even facility to facility. Can you give us a little bit of a range there? Right. Well, in San Francisco, uh, a C-section could be $20,000, but in Knoxville, Tennessee, it can be $4,500. So, so it varies greatly across the country, but also within a particular market as well. So where you live determines what your health care costs are for those kind of procedures? California would have t- typically higher costs, but even within Atlanta, uh, the, you see variation. Like a simple blood test can be uh, range anywhere from $79 to $270. So that's a surprise when you get the bill, obviously. But outside of Metro Atlanta, you report Georgia as a whole ranked number 15 for healthcare pricing. What kinds of numbers are we looking at or what kind of procedures? Well, in that particular case, it was an echocardiogram, a routine heart test. And uh, Atlanta stacked up 15th among 50 states in terms of the average price, uh, somewhere around $290. So even within a city, prices can vary. And NPR looked at this. They did a series called, it's about hospital bills catching people off guard, basically. Here's an edited version of one story. We're going to call it When Kittens Attack. Jeanette Parker is an animal lover. That is breakneck Sally, because she'll walk between your feet and trip you. But her love for animals got her in trouble last September. She saw a kitten by the side of the road. Parker had a packet of tuna in the car and pulled over to give it some food. And in the process, he just grabbed onto my finger while he was eating. So he broke the skin on my finger. And there had been a rabies alert in the county. So Parker went to the emergency room at Mariner's Hospital. She got the immunoglobulin injection that protects against rabies until the rabies vaccination takes effect. I was in and out of there really fast. And then the bill came. The total cost was $48,000. Forty-eight thousand dollars for a rabies shot. She says she'd wish she'd gone to the health department in her community. There, she might have gotten one for a rabies vaccine for less than five thousand dollars. Now, you, Andy, wrote about a similar price disparity in Georgia for a rabies vaccine. What's going on there? Well, actually, 
yeah, there's a, there's tremendous difference if if you can get a uh, if you can get a rabies uh, vaccine it, through a public health department, it, it can be a lot lower than what you could get at an emergency room. But but patients often are told, look, you need to go to the emergency room, and and those prices can be extremely high, yeah, well over ten thousand dollars. So you know, she might have had the presence of mind at that point to say. Uh, I could go to the health department, but you, not everybody does. They could say the, the, you're going to the closest emergency room when something like that happens. And and that's a, that's a clear choice that many consumers make because they think, okay, this this could be trouble. Let me go to the nearest ER, and I've got health insurance. But it, it, you wind up with a huge bill. Like so what the, the bigger question here? Yeah. Why are healthcare prices so much higher in Atlanta and in Georgia? Well, I think uh, Metro Atlanta has a couple things going on. One is uh, the hospital market has really consolidated, and, and these big hospital systems, uh, through these consolidations, through these mergers, gain a lot of power in terms of their negotiations with health insurers. And, and they'll tell a health insurer, look, you, you need us in our network, you're going to have to meet our price. Mm-hmm. I think that's one thing going on. Another thing is there are certain hospitals that every insurer wants in their network because they have this great reputation among consumers and consumers won't pick a network without that particular hospital. So I think that's going on as well. Was it the old uh, location, location, location real estate agent? I mean, you know, we know that we pay a premium for a restaurant in a prime location or or maybe a shop near the Beltline. So does the location of a doctor within Metro Atlanta matter? I think it definitely does. Uh, we profiled a, a woman in uh, Coweta County who wanted her uh, local network, uh, local hospital in her, in her network, and that's why she picked the plan that, that, uh, that, that she selected in the health insurance exchange. So you want something that's close and you want, uh, yeah, you want access. That's incredibly important, particularly for people with chronic disease. Well, we said at the top that medical costs are the number one cause for bankruptcies in the U.S., and there are things much more serious than kitten bites, although that was costly. Here's an example. This is from NPR series on medical bills again. Her, Sharice Hickson, she got two Ocrevus infusions for her multiple sclerosis. After the second dose in September, Sharice was surprised when a bill arrived in the mail a few weeks later. And I'm just like, what is this? Sharice is on disability and has both Medicare and Medicaid health insurance, so her medical bills are usually fully covered. But this time was different. Total charges, $122,873.30. $122,000. Story goes on to say that MS drugs are expensive due to low competition. But that's even high for such meds, and Sharice's insurance ended up leaving her with a $3,600 tab. And the Cleveland Clinic waived that after the NPR story. You've done similar things here in Georgia, right? Reporting on stories of people who get charged a lot of money, like Diane Conine. Tell us about her. Diane was uh, signed up for, as I said, signed up for an insurance plan during in the exchange late last fall, and she made sure that her local hospital, Piedmont Newton, was in the network. Now, she got very sick in January, and her uh, uh, tremendous ad- abdominal pain. Her daughter took her to the local ER, Piedmont Newton. Uh, they discovered after a CTC. CT scan that she had cancer. She had a tumor on her kidney. And the doctor said, look, this is a medical necessity. We need to get this out. Uh, And she had the procedure. And 
lo and behold, it turned out that Piedmont Noonan wasn't actually in her network. And um, so she ended up, uh, she's fine now in terms of the cancer, but she ended up with $87,000 in bills. And after you reported on it, what happened? Well, the uh, they appealed to Anthem Blue Cross, and they got in touch with the insurance commissioner's office. And we just found out this week that Anthem has decided, instead of fighting this, to actually pay Diane's bills, which is a, you know, a tremendous thing, obviously, for her, because she was looking at perhaps losing her home. Mm. So... You were there. You know, not everybody has a journalist or a lawyer on their side, certainly. So what is the average person listening to this supposed to do when faced with a choice between bankruptcy and life-saving care? You said Diane did her due diligence. She thought that she was in network. Turns out she wasn't. Is that the kind of thing that can get people stuck with huge bills? It is, and uh, and actually, consumers maybe should, if, if, if certainly if they have an elective procedure, is to make sure that uh, that hospital and that doctor are in network uh, so that they'll get, you know, the maximum amount of coverage. But, you know, we find that people with high deductible policies, uh, they won't shop around. They won't look for prices. And, and it, it, you know, if you're getting blood work or a mammogram or an MRI, it can really make a difference for people in terms of the out-of-pocket costs. That's Andy Miller of Georgia Health News, and he's talking about why you're going to pay more for care depending on where you live and also a little bit about following up on something that the Georgia Health News reported on about insurance companies. Now, this is something a, a number of states are working on legislation to stop these shocker bills, right? Georgia's General Assembly passed one last session. What is that going to do to protect consumers? Well, actually, the surprise billing legislation didn't pass. and it, it, it Sorry, it passed the Senate. Forgive me. No, that's fine. And, and it's always been a, it comes down to a stalemate between a bill that the insurers like, which is more transparency, and one that the physicians like, which is actually telling how much the physician's going to be paid if they're not in the network. Uh, this is a problem across the country. A lot of us have gotten surprise bills, including myself. When I had sinus surgery, I got a bill from an anesthesiologist that was almost $1,000. And, you know, I had to pay it. And I can afford it, but can you imagine somebody who lives paycheck to paycheck what that, you know, $1,000 bill is going to do? Well, let's get to this story on the complaints against insurance companies. If people think that their insurance company is not paying enough of a bill, they're denied uh, service, they can file a complaint. And they do so with the Office of Georgia Insurance Commissioner Jim Beck. 2018 data on these filings just came out. You reported on this. How many of these health insurance complaints did the state judge to be valid complaints? You know, a, a tremendous number, actually. Uh, you know, there were some companies that had high ratios of valid complaints. Uh, some of the big ones, the biggest health insurer in the state, Anthem Blue Cross. And uh, these are uh, complaints uh, that the state regulators have not only received, but also in, in, in another category actually have said these are valid complaints. The insurer violated either the terms of their contract or were in error, the insurer was in error in terms of how they, how they viewed the, the particular situation. And these are only complaints, Virginia, that come through the insurance commissioner's office. They're not even talking about all the people that have employer plans 
uh, who who may have a problem. And typically, those people would go to their employer probably if they had something that wasn't covered that should have been. So what happens then? After these complaints are made, the commissioner of insurance wants to create transparency in this process. Where do we go from here? Well, I, I think this is a good first step to get this public information out there. And I think a consumer can look at a, a company if they're selecting a, a plan in the exchange or even among their in an employer plan. They can look at a, a, a company with that has a high level of complaints and say, maybe I don't want to pick that one. Maybe I want to go in a different direction. And I think it's also good that you know there's, there's attention being paid to this issue and, and a health insurer does not want a headline that says they have the the, the most valid complaints among mm-hmm. all the health insurers. Mm-hmm. How about for consumer protection purposes? It's not as if when you have an emergency appendectomy <laughs> and you get picked up uh, uh, on your way to the hospital, you say, well, wait, is this in my network? I'm going to go to the other hospital. What? How can we protect ourselves? Well, emergency situations are, are something different. Clearly, uh, you want to go to the nearest, uh, you know, the nearest facility in in, in that case. But uh, you may want to look, uh, you know, when you're not in an emergency situation, what's you know, and just check out, you know, the hospitals in terms of their safety record. I mean, there there are there are websites like Hospital Compare that can let a consumer when they're not in a medical situation, but you can check them out and say, okay. If there are a couple nearby ERs, which has the best safety record? And you can go online to determine that. Before we close, Georgia is trying to currently craft a request for a Medicaid waiver that could provide coverage for people in the insurance gap. Could that do something to address high health care costs, at least for some Georgians in the future? Well, what it could do is certainly uh, coverage is always going to pay more than somebody who's uninsured. A person who's uninsured often has gets the highest price in terms of their care, in terms of their medical bills that they face. And so anything that would provide coverage will help those people who are 100, under 100 percent of poverty uh, you know, afford afford a bill, and and actually, you know, it'll help them get medical care that they may have postponed because of the cost. Andy Miller, editor of Georgia Health News, thank you so much for filling us in. Good to be here. Now he has been talking about several of his recent stories about healthcare costs in Georgia. Stay with us for a music festival that's about mental health and wellness. When on second thought continues. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.